0: Oh, <laughs> Heh <laughs> we live today. Amen. How many of you ever involved in a tug of war contest as as, as as young folks? Remember playing in tug of war. To be successful, everyone has to participate.
1: No. Thank you. So you gotta retrain me every once in a while. To be successful everyone must participate. Everyone in the tug-of-war line had to know what their function was and they all had to put 100% into that process. If one individual failed to do so or give up chances are that side would lose the tug of war. Amen. In the corporate world, there are those who attempt to do what we call micromanage. They're not very well liked. Those who micromanage are those who assign or appoint an individual to a management leadership position, and then they want to try to manage every aspect of that assignment from a distance. My question to those micromanagers, why didn't you just do it yourself? Amen. With that being said, let's turn our attention to Numbers chapter 11, verses 11 through 14. If I may, for a few minutes this morning, preach to you for this is what the Lord has given me, good, bad, or indifferent, (coughs) learning to work with others. Numbers chapter 11, we'll read of verses 11 through 14. Israel was on their way to the promised land. They got tired of manna. I don't understand why because according to the Bible, it tasted like sweet pastry cooked with oil. How could you get tired of that? How could you get tired of Krispy Kreme donuts? Really? Really? I mean, you know, really. That's what the Bible indicates that it would have tasted like. But they got tired of that. They got disgruntled and decided that they didn't want that kind of food anymore that came down from heaven. Oh, boy, I could preach a long time right there. We get tired of manna from heaven. We have lost our way. Amen. Amen. We get tired of praising him and glorifying his name. We have lost our way. They got tired of manna. They didn't have to work for it. All they had to do was go pick it up. They got tired of it. So they cried. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? This is his conversation between him and God. And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all of these people on me? Did I conceive all of these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom? As a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers. Where am I to get meat to give all of these people? For they weep all over me saying, Give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to bear all of these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this privilege and opportunity. We have been granted to come together here to lift up your name in praise and worship. We thank you for what we have heard already this morning. We have been blessed. Our hearts have been enriched and encouraged today. Lord, we ask you this morning as we come to this portion of the service of the ministry of your word through preaching that you will just anoint, anoint this vessel today to deliver this as you have given it to me and anoint each one to receive and we will give you the praise and the thanks for it all. It is in the name of Jesus we ask it and everyone said amen. Look at your nun, someone close by you and look at them here and tell them I want to learn to work with others. And you may be seated. I will be using some biblical illustrations in this message this morning as well as some illustrations from our society. So you bear along. If it gets a little boring, you blame me. If you like it, Why? you can give the glory to the Lord. Regardless of the type of organization or business that you may be involved in, you can only do it all yourself until you reach a certain size. Then you need other people. There's only so much that one individual can do. We must recognize that. We must recognize the limitations of our influence. Amen. Churches will never be built on the pastor's influence alone. In fact, they won't go very far at all on his influence alone. Churches won't be built on personalities alone, churches that will last and stand the test of time. But they must be built around the fact that we have certain perimeters and there's only certain... Uh, there's only a certain radius that we reach by ourself. And you see, that's really a decisive moment when we understand that we need one another. Regardless of how good a preacher we may be, or a, or a, or a teacher, or, uh, or whatever our, our assignment or our goal might be, there's only certain uh, there's limitations to how far our reach goes. Amen. And it's a test that many would be, many would be successful individuals fail, and as a result, they stop growing. A business can only go so far if it does not step, to, step up and say, "I have gone as far as I can go with this, and, and 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 incorporate more help." It will it will stop growing. Did you notice what Moses said in our opening passage this morning? And he said, "The burden is too heavy for me." So God says to Moses, a little bit later on in that chapter, Well, here's what you do, Moses. You gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of the meeting, that they may stand there with you. He said, Then I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the Spirit that is upon you, and will put the same upon them that they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that ye may not bear it yourself alone. Moses had reached a breaking point. He had come to a place in frustration with this great company of people that he acknowledged the fact, I can't do this anymore. I need some help. I can't can't manage this great people. So the Lord, obviously, as you see, he had an answer for him. Now, I must admit to you that it takes maturity to enlist the help of individuals who can do certain things better than you can. Some, some management personnel cannot deal with that to have some uh, a subordinate that can do the job as well or better than they can. It's difficult to allow them to excel and to get the credit while you rejoice in the knowledge that the job is being done well. I have always been taught throughout the management training that I have gone through and through college that what a good leadership wants to do is surround themselves with the best people that they can find. You see, the bottom line is this. We have to be clear in our objectives and secure in our own identity to succeed and keep succeeding. I realize there's not another me in the world. That's right. There's not another individual that preaches like I do. There's not another individual that teaches in the same manner that I do. There's not another individual that God has created for the responsibility and role that I have as a pastor and as a minister. Amen. In his book, Good to Great, a fellow by the name of Jim Collins points out that the leaders of the best organizations have a tendency to avoid the spotlight. In fact, Ray Gilmartin of Merck says... He says this, if I were to put someone on the front cover of a business week, it would be our team. Everybody say team. team. He said it would be our team. Lou Gertzner of IBM said, I haven't created the company's turnaround. It's been 280,000 people who have done it. We took a change in focus on a talented group of people and changed the company. Amen. Amen. It's not a particular ministry or a particular individual or a particular personality that God uses effectively. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And it's the ministries that come forth from that amazing body of people. Amen. Amen. Dan Tully of Merrill Lynch said, It's amazing what you can do when you don't seek all of the credit. Amen? I find nothing is really one person's idea, he continued. Now here's the score, as it were. If you'd rather be a big fish in a little pond, that's your choice. However, if you want to be blessed and live in the ocean, we need to learn to work with others. Amen. Amen. This is a united effort by the church of Jesus Christ if we're going to be successful in affecting and influencing our community. Amen. Learning to work with others. Let's move forward in biblical history from Moses to the time of Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the walls around Jerusalem. Now It's important to note when Nehemiah talks about himself, he really talks openly and honestly about crying over the ruins of Jerusalem and praying for guidance. And the days when he wondered how he'd survive. What a, what an awesome task to undertake and to realize and to uh, take the leadership of with such limited resources and the, the conditions that prevailed at that particular time and, Uh, Nehemiah wept and he pleaded with God and he cried and prayed, realizing the task before him was he couldn't do it himself. He recognized that he needed not only God's help and strength, but he needed some folks around him that were willing to get in the mess of things and willing to just get down and get dirty in what had to be done and really get down to business. But I want you to notice that when it came to the amazing feat of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem in a record record, 52 days, he gives the credit to others. Listen to how Nehemiah tells the story. He said, So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to the half its height for the people had a mind to work or they had a heart to work. Notice how he points out the fact that this endeavor was an endeavor of the people who had a heart and a mind to work. You see, there's no limit to what can be done when nobody cares who gets the credit at the end of the day. There's no end to what God will do through His people when we come to the realization and the place where we say, it matters not who gets the credit, it matters not who gets the glory, as long as God does when it's all said and done. Amen. 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 How many of you are familiar with a rock star by the name of Bono? Yeah, a few of you are. Most of you look at me like, what? How many of you have even heard of Bono? Uh huh. Well, here, here's the point and the reason why I'll even mention, mention this rock star. In recent years, this. Rockstar has expanded his efforts beyond the world of music and has become a passionate advocate for helpless and downtrodden individuals. And I applaud that. I I think that's a, that's a noble cause and a worthy cause. Interestingly, although also I in my research I, I've discovered that he is a he is an adamant Bible reader. Now, you may not if you've If you've ever seen him, or uh, you, you might think, whoa. But he is an and he's learned to partner with others to further his cause. And he has met with heads of state, he's met with economists, he's met with industry leaders, celebrities, and anyone who has the potential to help the people that he's trying to reach. He recognizes that he needs others. He recognizes that although he may be as different as night and day from others, he needs them, and they need to work together if this cause is going to be addressed. And I suppose the question is, where did he learn to rely on others or to be a part of a team and enlist the aid of others? You know, because for the most part, when it comes to musicians and when it comes to those, especially rock stars, they're usually seen as those who are self-absorbed and those who are isolated and they're indifferent to others. You know, just get away and leave me alone. I'm all that I need. But it's often the reason why, you know, as well, that many mus- musical groups, they, they don't stay together very long because they're all so self-absorbed that they just can't work together. You know, they all think they're great. And... But I want you to listen to the comments of this star that reveals some amazing insight about his personality and why he's able to do what he does. There are moments, he says, when people are so lost in themselves and the demands of their own life that it's very hard to, to be in in a group or in a band, as it were. People want to be lords of their own domain. I mean, everybody, as they get older, rids the room of argument. You see, in it, you see it in your family, you see it with your friends. They get smaller, and the smaller circle of people around them who agree with them, and life ends up with a dull sweetness, end of quote. You see, the bottom line is, if we want to exceed, we must learn to work with others. We need One another. We need every member of the body of Christ. Just as you need every every aspect of your physical body to function to your full capabilities, we need every aspect of the body of Christ to function to our fullest capabilities. Amen. It's important to note that God works with people who know how to work with people. Amen. Not users who burn through them and discard them. Not prima donnas who manipulate them for their own purpose. Not ranch bosses who herd them around like cattle. No, our God works with people who will honor people. And reward them appropriately. Amen who recognizes and develops a talent in them, who will honor and reward them appropriately, encourage them to rise to their full potential, and when the day comes, send them off blessed and better prepared for the task at hand. Amen. Hallelujah. I suggest to you that it's healthy to stop on occasion and just kind of reflect with gratitude on those who got you to where you are today. Amen? To remind yourself, we're not soul traders, that we'll need people to help us fulfill God's purpose for our lives and get us to where we need to get next. We need one another. We need to work together. I noticed recently while reading my Bible that Paul, in the book of Romans, dedicates an entire chapter to folks who he wanted to recognize as special people in his life and special people in the ministry. I want you to listen to this for a moment, and I don't want to bore you with this, but it's, it's, I want you to note some of the things, Paul. This, this apostle who done wonders and signs and miracles and held the office of apostleship, acknowledged. he said, writing to the Roman church, he said, I want you to greet Priscilla and Aquila my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Hallelujah. He said, greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus, and Junius, my relatives who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. He also said, greet Ampliatos whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friends. Greet Apellus, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Arist- Aristopolis. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household. You get the idea. Spends this entire chapter of these verses acknowledging those who he recognized as those who he worked with in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The bottom line is, is that we need to open up and reach out and learn to work with others. Amen. Recorded in 1 Samuel is a passage that reads like this. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Under the priesthood of Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas, the Ark of the Covenant, or the Ark of God as you might call it, was captured in battle by the Philistines. The pesky Philistines just would not go away. Hophni and Phinehas were killed in battle along with 30,000 foot soldiers. Reason being, for some reason, they decided without the direction of the Lord that they would bring the Ark of the Covenant into the battle. That was not the thing to do. And when the messengers went back and told Eli that the Ark of God had been captured, he fell off of his seat backwards and broke his neck and died. And to add insult to injury, when Phinehas's wife found out and she heard the word, who was expecting the child at the time, heard the news of the capture of the ark of God, she gave birth to a son and named him Ichabod and she died. Finally, after seven long months of the ark being in the hands of the Philistines, it was sent to kerjoth Jerem to the house of Abinadab where it remained for 20 years. Now I want you to note that it was a dream come true. The Ark of the Covenant, the ultimate symbol of God working among his people, had been brought back from captivity. And the Philistines who took it were defeated in battle. Now it was time to celebrate. So Samuel, the Bible says, erected this monument called Ebenezer, meaning the Lord helped us. And I want you to note the word us. Samuel recognized that to fulfill the dream, it took the entire nation to do so. Amen. It took all of God's people to get the job done. So, said that Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzvah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. It's going to take the entire church. It's going to take participation from everyone. Amen. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. With cords that cannot be broken. an author by the name of C. Gene Wilkes in his book on Jesus and Leadership describes why teamwork is superior to individual effort. How many of you know that teamwork is far superior than individual effort? Teams involve more people, thus affording more resources and ideas and energy than any one individual possesses. Amen? There's a wealth of talent sitting before me today. There's an endless supply of ideas and ambition and zeal and determination before me today that I don't possess all by myself. Amen? Teams maximize a leader's potential and minimize his or her weaknesses. How many of y'all know that we all have strengths and weaknesses? Amen. You see, strengths and weaknesses are more exposed in individuals if we're by ourselves. But as a team, they're less vulnerable and they don't. Amen. Teams provide multiple perspectives on how to meet or reach a goal, thus devising several alternatives to each situation. It's probably a hard one to grasp Or not to hold on to But individual insight Is seldom as broad and deep As a group's When it takes on a problem Amen Amen. Learning to work together It takes all of us It's going to take all of us Teams share the credit for victories And the blame for losses This fosters genuine humility And strong bonds If you will when individual takes the credit, or when individuals take the credit or the blame alone, it tends to foster pride, and sometimes even a sense of failure. Team keep, teams keep leaders accountable. Individuals connected to no one can jeopardize or change the goal without accountability. Amen? We need one another. We must learn to work together. Amen? Throughout biblical history, you will find that when God's people are the most effective is when they are united and joined together in bonds that cannot be broken. Hallelujah. Once Moses got the help that he needed, things changed dramatically for the children of Israel. So I close this morning with this question. Being the human beings that we are, why are we so reluctant at times to encourage teamwork? Oftentimes because of our pride and wanting to get the credit ourselves. Amen. I've said this before, I'll say it again. When we come to the place, it's irrelevant to us who gets the credit when it's all said and done. We don't care whose name is on the marquee. Somebody asked me one time here not too long ago why my name wasn't on that sign out there as the pastor. I said, my name doesn't need to be on that sign as the pastor. This isn't about me. This isn't about any one individual. It's about Jesus Christ and Him crucified and High Point Church helping you reach the high point of your walk in Christ. That's what it's about. Amen. Amen. It's irrelevant if people don't even know my name or who I am. Now, please understand, that doesn't give you a license to disrespect the office that I hold. But, friend, it's not about any one individual. It's about us as a church body of believers being able to work together for the common goal and the common cause of reaching this community for Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing more, nothing less. Hallelujah. when we get to that point where it's irrelevant to us, at the end of the day, who gets the glory and the credit for things, for the successes and the things that's done. We've got amazing teachers here. We've got amazing leadership here. We've got talented people that, that that's a part of this body of Christ. And it all together fits together and works together and makes it effective. Amen. I suppose the answer to the question that I have posed is simply because... Team building is is not always easy. It's tough. And the more talented the team members, the tougher it can get at times. Amen. But it has been said the true measure of a leader is not getting people to work, neither is it getting them to work hard. The true measure of a leader is getting people to work hard together. Amen. Amen. So, Nehemiah 4 and 6 says, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all of their heart. So, this morning I'm asking you, we're just, we're church here today, all part of the family of God. To ask yourself, Am I willing to learn to work with others? Will I lay aside all of my inhibitions and my concerns and just say, Lord, to you be the glory. Let's get in the rope together and pull together and see what God will do. Hallelujah. I can share with you my vision as I do on occasion for this congregation. I can share with you the things the Lord has given to me is what I see him doing. In time to come. But until we all determine to learn to work together and work with others. And come together as one unit and one body and one team. With that vision at the very core of our being. Then we'll see things happen. Like we've never seen them happen before. Amen. It does not trouble me one bit. To have teachers and preachers rising from among us that excel in ability and talent beyond mine. In fact, I want it so. I want them to be and excel beyond what God has given me and the abilities and talents that he has given me. As most of you have noticed, I'm not a pastor that micromanages If you have an office here, I pretty much leave you alone to do what you need to do. Unless you get out of line, then we talk. Amen. Amen. So what do you say? God has given to us an opportunity like no other we have ever known. Let's use it. Let's come together and work together for this common cause. When it's all said and done, when you come to the place that all we care about is Jesus Christ gets a glory when this place is jammed so full we can't get another person in, it'll work. Amen? Would you stand? Amen. Oftentimes, we see what started out to be pretty powerful and dynamic ministries crash. Because oftentimes, they are built on a single individual, on a personality. The church was not built on that framework. The church was built on Jesus Christ. Being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together grows to a habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. At the centerpiece of everything we do and everything we are must be Jesus Christ, and everything else is built around Him. Amen. So, as we worship for just a moment this morning, I challenge you once again. Let's work together and see what God will do through High Point Church. Amen? Let us
0: sing.